Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because God has anointed me. God has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display God's glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. We hear the voice of God in these words. Thanks be to God. At peace, we're paradox people, right? So, Let's take a moment this morning to appreciate the paradox of Advent, the way it exists smack in the middle of our consumer-driven Christmas hoopla, the way it offers us a way out, tosses us a life preserver year after year, tethers us to what is true, and in an act of solidarity, grants space for our grief, space for our disappointments, space for our hopelessness that is so palpable this time of year, especially this year. Of course, we know there is fun to be found within the context of our cultural Christmas. I love it. But it also tends to overwhelm us far too often shoving a caricature of gratitude down our throats, stifling us, silencing the realities of our circumstances, but not Advent. Advent welcomes the truth of our lives with open arms. Advent offers us gifts that are a balm to our aching hearts. And when we step into the holy embrace of Advent, we breathe a collective sigh of relief. <sighs> because we realize there's no pressure here to be whoever our family expects us to be, to fulfill the platitudes placed upon us in this season, to act one way when we feel another, it's okay. We can drop the act. It's safe here. Here in this place, there is room, real room, to receive the mystery and the power of the nativity. That this somber posture of Advent prepares us for abundance in this way. It is indeed a paradox, and there is no greater proof of it than today, Gaudete Sunday, the midpoint of Advent when joy marks the moment, promising us that the Christmas of our faith is near. Today, joy is waiting to greet us. Whether we want her to be or not, joy is here. 
joy in this penitential season. Joy amidst our suffering, our losses. Joy is as present with us today as Emmanuel, God with us. Joy is with us too. And not some superficial joy you can decorate all pretty or buy at the store. Not a little joy sprinkled here or there. No, joy is not a limited resource here. Contrary to all the evidence this shit year has given us, joy defiantly and abundantly continues to be present. And the paradoxical question we are challenged to ponder is not so much how do we get it, how do we receive this joy, but how do we give it? How do we find the hope we need, the energy we need, the confidence we need to give joy? Today, I would like to lovingly remind you that every one of us is capable of this. You have something to give, and that something is joy. Yes, joy, and yes, you. Even you. Even now. And I'll tell you why. Because the Spirit of the Lord God is upon you. Because God has anointed you. God has sent you to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners. This poetry, this word from the book of Isaiah, it is ours, just like any poetry we ever read and loved was ours too. God's handprint is on this, blessing us, reminding us about the truth of Imago Dei. Even if you don't always live like it or know how to embody the truth of it, you are made in the image of God. You are filled with God's spirit. I believe the divine lives within each of us and is dreaming up good things for us, even when we lack the imagination, such as joy, so abundant, our first instinct is to dole it out. It can't be helped. This is our divine prerogative. It's what a joyful spirit does. It's what spirit does. So many of us think we lack joy or that it's not as readily accessible to us in these times. And I get it. It's a hard one. It's a doozy. But the truth is, we are already practicing joy all the time. I know because I see you doing it. I watch you all practicing joy every day in your gratitude, in the love and generosity and sacrifice you extend to our community. I watch you practice it with your family and friends. I watch you practice it as you learn the art of self-compassion. I watch it in your learning and unlearning and in your commitment to justice. And I don't think you always realize it, but you are practicing joy in those moments. Joy is not some fleeting feeling based solely on our circumstances. It's something we pass around. It's something we share. And it's just as much a part of the mystery of our faith as anything else. Like lament, like gratitude, like any spirit fruit, we have to cultivate joy. We have to practice recognizing its presence in our lives so that we are better positioned to strengthen its presence in the lives of others. You already practice joy more than you think. 
because joy is resurrected every time we embody the presence of Christ in this world. And joy is brought to life through the work of liberation. And you are being this presence and you are doing this work already. I'm not saying that there's not more to do or more to become. I'm only saying that your joy is not as far off as you might think. I'm saying that the spirit of God is upon you because God has anointed you. We are living out what it means to be anointed because we are existing and we are listening and we are waking up to the oneness of all things and we are ushering heaven on earth. This is salvation. It is Christ movement to comfort all who mourn, to offer garlands instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit, this is salvation, and participation in salvation is our joy. The power of it, the power of this joy begins within each of us. It's a part of our Imago Dei, the divine image within us, which means that what we believe about ourselves really matters right now. So I have a mantra I would like to offer you this week. Here it is. Are you ready? I find joy in the divine in me. Can you say that? Can you say that with me today and this week? I find joy in the divine in me. You've heard it said, namaste, which means the divine in me honors the divine in you. But can you say you've gotten the first part down? And can you do the second part without the first part? So I find joy in the divine in me. Let's rewire our brains a little bit and trust that our bodies will follow. Let's get our hearts and minds and bodies in position this morning. The posture we are seeking is the Advent posture, prepared to receive the abundance of Christmas. What if this abundance looked like trusting that your receiving moment will come, trusting you deserve it? And from this deep well of surrender, trusting you also have something to give. In the nativity story, joy is birthed from a place of suffering, from a place of great need, from a place of extreme vulnerability, displaying to us the nature of how joy works, not just at Christmas, all the time. Our faith teaches us that joy is birthed in the most unexpected places. And I'm saying, what if that unexpected place is you? You, my friend, are an oak of righteousness. Your foundation is strong, so stand tall. Trust you are planting good things, God things, and it is not in vain. Also, collectively, our planting right now is not in vain, even in this hot mess of a year. Fraught with unbelievable difficulties, 300,000 dead in our country because of COVID, losses we have felt right here in this community. 
The ongoing economic suffering is overwhelming. The collective groans of racial injustice have only just begun. This time last year, we couldn't have fathomed the kind of personal losses this year would bring. It's all too much. And yet still, piece by piece, we are building, we are repairing, we are raising up, we are sowing in tears, we are reaping in joy. Not just a future joy, a right now joy, a both and joy, but a right now joy. When I was a kid, I didn't get to often participate in that Christmas hoopla I was talking about earlier, at least not in the way my friends seemed to enjoy it with countless presents under the tree and holidays ex with extended family. That kind of stuff just wasn't a given for us every year. It was the practice of Advent, though, that held me, ushering me into the Christmas season each year. I always felt understood by Advent. And so despite the grief, despite the loneliness, despite the countless difficult holiday seasons that I have known, that memory of divine comfort divine solidarity, divine presence that always showed up no matter how hard things got, that memory has lived inside my body and continues to go with me year after year. My body remembered joy. My body remembers joy. Just as our bodies remember the trauma of our lives, they also remember the joy. Like muscle memory, our bodies can remember and practice it. It's already there. I promise it's already there. This Advent and Christmas season, I pray that this unexpected joy would be our guide. Amen. <laughs>